This is The Dish, the official podcast of the National Reconnaissance Office, brought to you by the NRO's Office of Public Affairs. My name is Victoria, and today I'm sitting down with NRO Chief Architect, Dr. Eleanor Silverman. So I'd like to start out by saying congratulations. You've recently been named the new NRO Chief Architect. Can you tell us about your role and your responsibilities? Yes. So uh, the first time that the director officially described the role was at um, a senior uh, leaders meeting, and he said that I was to bring harmony to the enterprise. So I've taken that, and I almost always use that term when describing the role. So um, one other thing I'll mention about the job is that we have tweaked the title a little bit to include, it's now called NRO Enterprise Capabilities Architect. Note I had to actually pause to think about that. Um, because this job, there are chief architects around the NRO already, and they do their jobs very well. And what the director had wanted to do was to bring kind of an architectural view and an enterprise view up at a higher level. So it's really somewhat more strategic than a traditional architect. Um, and I've been spending quite a bit of time getting to know all the different parts of the enterprise in detail and uh, found just a lot of people working hard and um, you know, doing their part to serve. And my only job is to work to kind of make sure everyone's kind of working earnestly in the same direction. I'll have to make note of that name change. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a subtlety, but um, we did that in order to try to have less concern around the already very successful chief architects that live around the NROs. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And what are you most looking forward to in your new assignment? What do you hope to accomplish? So those are very related. And um, I want to, I really hope to lessen frustrations uh, that a lot of people have and um, make things as efficient as possible. Uh, and that to me, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. And um, you know, I'm hoping to accomplish that, even if I make just some people's jobs less frustrating and uh, have some more efficiency during, you know, in a pretty important time in, for the nation, so. I think that's great. This year marks NRO's 60th anniversary how will the chief architect role help bring us into our next decade and ensure continued innovation at the NRO? So I'm going to mention my uh, newfound love, and that's data. So we're uh, traditionally overhead, and uh, data is a very important part of that, and a focus on data and a lot of innovation therein. There's a lot going on in, um, in the commercial world, that's uh, very exciting, and uh, I think that's super important, and I think a renewed focus on data will help to bring to light some of the kind of new things that we've been doing. Our IC and DOD partners work together on a daily basis, and the NRO occupies a unique position as both an IC element and a DOD agency. How important is it to be that bridge between the NRO, the IC, and the DOD? Uh, It's very important. Um, you know, we are in a, a unique position uh, because we're 
less sort of wed to a single type of intelligence. We have several that we work with, and uh, we're also pretty tech savvy. So that combination puts us in a, um, in a really un sort of unusual and important position. And pulling all of those threads together is, uh, is a you know, <clears throat> really important part of what we do and what we should be doing with our partners. So, um, you know, engaging with those partners, working with them, I do that quite a bit. So it's interesting, when I talk about enterprise, you'd think it would be within the National Reconnaissance Office, a big enterprise, right? A lot of work to do there, but there's as much work to do uh, around the IC and DOD to work to form a strong enterprise that can move forward. And I've found quite a few partners uh, amongst our mission partners that are thinking the same way and trying to pull things together both within their organizations and across the IC and DOD. So it's funny, on paper that sounds like, you know, it makes me want to pull out my flag and wave it. But uh, there's a lot of work that goes on. There's a lot of as I mentioned before, earnest people doing what they need to do <clears throat> and trying to get everyone up at a strategic level, you know, thinking how are we all going to work together is, um, is hard because, you know, we're all organizations of people. So respecting what they do and then respecting what uh, the rest of the enterprise does is challenging but exciting. It is. It is. So I'm curious to know a little more about your story. What got you interested in the NRO and in space? Was this a path you've always wanted to go down? You know, I'm going to have to be honest and say no. You know, I, I always feel a little bit guilty that I've spent my entire career in the space program, uh, either national or civil space program. I was not one of those kids who was, oh, I have to work in space. So I always feel a little bit guilty that I might have taken a seat of someone who was always, I've got to work in space. But I did know from an early age that I was very interested in problem solving and technical problem solving. As I went through middle school, high school, I was always driven to those kinds of things. So um, as I got into college, um, I started to realize that this is what I want to do, is to try to work in technical problem solving. And I didn't know, even though my dad was an electrical engineer, I didn't know exactly what engineering was, but started to figure that out. And um, you know, nowadays, they start them in middle school working engineering problems, right? But back in my day, that didn't come till later. And I was fortunate to be, even though I went to, I went to William & Mary undergrad, which does not have an engineering school, but uh, was fortunate enough to be picked up by NASA right out of William & Mary with a math and physics background, which is the guts of engineering, and um, have been working in the space program ever since. They were very good to um, educate me along the way. I think taking advantage of, you know, whether you're government, whether you're industry, trying to find the um, education benefits are is very important. It's most organizations understand that educating their own is essentially cheaper than hiring from outside. Not that we do both here, but I think it's. Uh, you know, I certainly took advantage of educational things, so I got a master's and doctorate through uh, NASA programs. So that was, uh, so they were very good to me, and I've been working here for, um, I have to say, I uh, was finishing a major NASA program, and I don't idle well. <laughs> and I was doing a few other things. I started looking around, and I really 
was compelled to find a way to use my skills to serve and wound up here uh, through a series. Of, I, I literally put my resume on, um, uh, you know, I did an online thing and, uh, and went through the, all the hoops and ended up, ended up here. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so what bit of wisdom would you like to share with someone hoping to follow in your footsteps? So one of the things I almost always tell people is take the jobs that nobody wants. Uh, even though you're looking at it saying, oh, no, that is impossible. Or, and there are a lot of reasons why people don't want certain jobs, whether it's the, the work looks too hard or it's been some people have been at it for a long time and not had a breakthrough. Um, there's a lot of, I mean, in your life, you can probably imagine the jobs that nobody wants. Yeah. You take those jobs and turn them into something that somebody wants. And uh, that, and it, it's normally a doable do. It's a matter of getting in with the right attitude and uh, trying things out. Of course, if you get, you know, give it some period of time and you're also not making headway, you're going to have to look for the next job that nobody wants. And everyone needs a break from that once in a while. But that's probably my best advice for people. Um, and the other thing I, I like to stress, particularly in technical management jobs, is um, try not to skip a step along the way. There's a lot of, you know, you get enticed into a job that has a nice title and you think that that's going to advance you. Um, it might, and you might get a lot of good visi visibility for yourself and of yourself, and that's not unimportant. Um, but never, uh, don't feel bad about going what looks like it might be backward. It's, um, you know, people talk about a, the ladder not being a really very good analogy or, or way to think about how you progress through uh, a career. People have talked about jungle gyms and all kinds of things. But I, when I have looked at resumes, I've always been super impressed with someone that looks like they took a job sort of beneath them. I'm doing air quotes here. Um, but it was to fill in some gaps they might have had along the way. And so they're earnestly trying to you know, they have a, an idea of where they want to be, and they'll go fill it in. And they aren't so worried about it looking like they've gone, kind of taken a demotion to do it. But, uh, yeah, so that's, those are my big advice pieces. Gotcha. And what sources do you use to keep your skills current, either technical skills or leadership skills? Um, I have a very long commute. Uh, I, live, I live in the greater Baltimore area. Yeah, so I have a long commute and I have for quite some time. Family, you know, you don't want to uproot your kids, so, or you, if you possibly can. And in our case, we made it work. So I have a long commute and I listen to a lot of podcasts. And anyone who knows me well is smiling right now because they know what I'm about to say. I'm a big Radio Lab fan and I also like Planet Money, but uh, these are sort of generic podcasts. I have picked up incredible things from those. Like, Things that I've applied to my work that might not seem like they're related, but trying to get kind of that world view of things and different ideas. So when you're driving and you hear things, you're like, oh, and how does that apply to what I do? And uh, yeah, I can't say enough good things about Radio Lab. And Radio Lab's been around for 10 or 15 years. And so there's essentially an unlimited number of those out there. But um, you know, it's interesting. I think I heard a uh, Planet Money, it might have been, 
about how I Love Lucy invented television. And it was fascinating to me. And they're all about Desilu Productions and everything. There had been TV, but it's a fascinating thing to listen to about how Desi and Lucy revolutionized, really made television what we see today. And there were a lot of tidbits in there that I could pick up and use in my regular life, both in terms of leadership, in terms of trying to be innovative, all those things. So sometimes it's not the obvious things. Yes, I've gone online and gotten papers for things I was curious about. Um, but sometimes it's just being aware and uh, you know absorbing what's around you. I listen to a lot of podcasts on my way home, so I'll add those to my list as well. <laughs> Enjoy them. <laughs> do you have any catchphrases or mantras that get you through the day? <laughs> I do. Um, funny enough, well, I'm, I'm a big football fan. I'm a big NFL fan. <clears throat> and I've already disclosed that I live in the greater Baltimore area. So uh, may I'm, I'm probably about to lose 90% uh, of anyone who's listening to this right now, but I'm a big Ravens fan. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've, uh, they usually put on, you know, I, I kind of grew up a Washington fan, um, but made the transition when we moved closer to Baltimore. And boy, is it good football. But I'm also a big Lamar Jackson fan. Good seasons, average seasons. Well, he's only had 2.2 seasons, <laughs> but uh, he's a really, um, he's a lot about what he's done and he and Coach Harbaugh have done and very motivational to me. But um, when he was first drafted, you know, he was drafted late in the first round. And, you know, instead of being disappointed, he was hoping to be picked up sooner. He was still first round, but I think it was the last pick of the first round. He, he turned it around and he just said, I'm a raven, it's on. And I'll hear that in my head when I've got to sit down and, with something like this <laughs> or any other times I need to be focused and go. So it's going to be harder when they have bad seasons to use that as a mantra, but uh, that's what I sort of find inspirational and, and just get out there and go. So I do want to wrap up with one final question. Mm -hmm. Prior to your current assignment, you were the Director of Advanced Systems Program Office at the GeoInt Directorate. What will you miss most about that assignment? So the easy answer is the answer. It's the people. Um, uh, you know, we had hard work, uh, and the people were incredible, incredibly focused, and did incredible stuff during some pretty tough times, including through a pandemic and other things. So, um, you know, you think of your work group as family. So what I'm doing now, uh, I'm working across the entire organization, but I don't have that close group that I used to have, so I'll occasionally hit them up because I miss them. But, um, you know, I'm really high energy and I'm used to being surrounded by high energy people. Uh, but I've made moves before, and every time I've made a move, that's the hardest part. The work's usually exciting, but you're like, you've, um, become, you've made the effort to become part of a cohesive group in order to do the work you need to do. So it's really tough to move on from that. But I think most of the other bells and whistles of that job have come with me to the next one. So I'm really excited and looking forward to the next six months, 12 months, 18 months and what we can get done. We're looking forward to it too. Thank you so much, Dr. Silverman, for sitting down with me on this episode of The Dish, Behind the Scenes at NRL. 
The NRO provides reconnaissance support to the intelligence community and the Department of Defense and is dedicated to going above and beyond to protect our nation and its citizens.